Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And open forum Wednesday. How are you, everybody? Hope you are doing well. Grant Nape here with you on Listen Up. Glad that you have joined me. A little NBA basketball tonight. We got a busy schedule. We'll go down the schedule, including the uh, Kings and the Rockets. I wouldn't imagine the attendance is very big for that game uh, in Houston. We've got uh, NFL news, the NFL draft coming up around the corner. And of course, uh, all eyes are on Augusta for next week. And will, uh, will, we have a tiger sighting. So we got all of that and more. We welcome your phone calls. We hope that you are having a very good day. And uh, you know how it works. You just hit that hand icon, you raise your hand, uh, and you can come right on. Again, an open form Wednesday, which means that uh, pretty much everything is on the table. NBA tonight. The uh, schedule looks like this. Dallas is in Cleveland. It is 59-54 Cleveland with two minutes left in the half. Uh, Denver is routing Indiana in Indianapolis. Looks like the Pacers are in full tank mode. Uh, Orlando and Washington tied at the break or close to the break. Uh, Miami and Boston, a good game. It is uh, 20 to 17 Miami early on up in uh, Beantown. Charlotte, New York, Minnesota, Toronto, just underway. Kings and Rockets. The Hawks and the Thunder. Then you have the uh, Grizzlies and the Spurs, followed by the Suns and the Warriors. All right, NBA standings as uh, we get ready to hit the uh, final month of the season. And, you know, you look at things that can only change really is in the West. You know, in the East, everything is pretty much set in terms of who we know is going to be the top 10 teams. Uh, Clearly, New York's not going to get in. Atlanta will at either nine or 10 or eight for that matter. Uh, The question is, who's going to be the number one seed, Miami or Milwaukee, Boston or Philadelphia? They're all separated by one game and a loss column. Then in the West, Phoenix uh, and Memphis, one and two. Uh, Will Golden State or Dallas be three? Utah, Denver, both with 31 losses. Then you have Minnesota at seventh. Uh, they're pretty much locked. They could catch Denver, but in all likelihood, they're going to be seventh. Uh, the Clippers are set at eight, and then the question is, who's going to be nine and ten? Right now, the Pelicans are nine at thirty-two and forty-three. The Spurs are thirty-one and forty-four. They're playing Memphis tonight, and the Lakers. You could see them not even getting in at thirty-one and forty-four. All right, now to the Kings, twenty-seven and forty-nine. And they are only one game back in a loss column of Portland. So these two games against Houston 
And the fact that Portland is in a nosedive and has been for much of the year, they've now lost four in a row. They have lost eight of 10. And if you're looking at this from the lottery, here's what we do know, okay? Uh, The Kings are not going to finish worse than Houston, Oklahoma City, Orlando, or Detroit. All right, so that's four teams for sure that the Kings are not going to be worse than. In all likelihood, you can add Indiana to that. That would be five teams. The question is, will the Kings have the sixth worst record or the seventh? Meaning, will it be Portland or Sacramento with the sixth worst record? Now, when you look at the NBA lottery, and we should all be experts on the NBA lottery, right? I mean, no one's been in it longer than the Kings, correct? What's the difference between six and seven? Well, the difference is if you are sixth, you have a 9% chance of getting the number one pick, a 9.2 of the second pick, 9.4 third, 9.6 fourth, okay? If you are seventh, those numbers go down to 7.5% for the first pick, 7.8, 8.1, 8.5, 7.8, all right? So the average is goes from 5.5 five to 6.2. It's, it's, you know, again, you always want to be playing with as many odds as you can, correct? So what would be the most likely scenario in terms of percentages if you have the sixth overall pick in the draft? Biggest percentage actually is seventh at 29.7. All right. If you are then in the next position, which is where Portland is now, you're more likely to end up with the eighth overall pick at 34%. You know, I don't know if you're into these odds or not. I'm just throwing them out there. All right. If you are Detroit, Orlando, and Houston, they all have a 14% chance of getting the number one overall pick. You know, it's really hard to believe. If you are Detroit, the largest, you have a 47% chance of getting the fifth overall pick when you have the worst record in the league. How about that? Huh? How about that? So, you know, again, you just, the lottery system doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. It really doesn't. I mean, you're the you're you're Orlando and Detroit and Houston, which, by the way, they're all tied right now. And you have a nearly fifty percent chance of getting the fifth overall pick. I don't understand that. The lottery system makes no sense to me. Makes no sense to me at all. None. So if you are Sacramento and you're six, you have no chance of getting the fifth overall pick and a little less than 10% chance of getting one, two, three, or four. 
All right. And again, the biggest percentages on the board are seven and eight at 30% and 20% respectively. Raise your hand when you figure out this freaking stupid lottery. I mean that. Raise your hand when you figure this nonsense out. Makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. You know, look at Indiana right now. Indiana look like to you they're going to win any games the rest of the year? Portland look like they're going to win any games the rest of the year? All right, so there you have it at the bottom when you look at the uh, NBA draft. All right, what about NFL draft? Who do you project? Is it going to be Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan? Who do you look, right? Who do you look as the number one pick in the NFL draft? Not going to be a quarterback. That much we pretty much know. Is it going to be Hutchinson, the DN for Michigan? A lot of people think. We're going to talk with Chris Landry in the next week or two and get a breakdown on this draft. Uh, this looks like a very deep draft in terms of uh, defensive backs. You got Ahmad Gardner is on everyone's board, two or three. Kyle Hamilton is a safety out of Notre Dame. He's high up, top five on everyone's board. It appears that Garrett Wilson, the outstanding wide receiver out of Ohio State, will be the top wide receiver. Uh, Evan Neal may be on the board for the Giants at five. The offensive tackle out of Alabama. And, you know, again, I... Think if you're looking at this from a Giants perspective, they need O-line, they need edge rusher. Who's going to be the first quarterback taken off the board? Is it going to be Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh? Huh? You know, uh, Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC, figures to go high. But the, this is not a top quarterback at least on the board, or excuse me, top draft for quarterbacks. All right? So we will start getting into the NFL draft for sure. Maybe not every day. You got the NCAA tournament, the Final Four coming up on Saturday. You know, I'm just curious. You know, I've always thought that Northern California, you know, most of my audience is from Northern California, most. The NCAA tournament does not stimulate a lot of conversation never has in all my years of doing the radio show in Sacramento. We got very, very little talk on the NCAA tournament. Why is that? Is it because you don't really have a college university in your area that generally year in, year out you're following? I've always wondered that. Why is it? Same thing with college football, same thing with college football. You know, I think a lot of people can't wait for the Duke-North Carolina game. You know, Villanova with their injury. You know, Kansas might be able to really... Well, Kansas is very good anyway, but that uh, North Carolina-Duke, could that be the last game for Coach K? You know, the when they played the last time at Cameron Indoor, North Carolina went in there and spanked them. Went in there and spanked them. All right, open forum Wednesday. What do you want to talk about today? What's on the board? What do you want to discuss? Hit your hand icon. Raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Pretty much everything is on the board. Also, NFL news. You know, how long is it going to take 
for the NFL to make a decision on whether Deshaun Watson's going to get suspended or not, right? What about quarterbacks? What about Jimmy Garoppolo? What's going to happen to him? Are the Niners just going to hold on to him and see what happens with injuries around the league at the quarterback position? What about Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield going to be on the move? Is he going to be released? Is he going to be in Cleveland in case Watson gets suspended six or eight games? No, you know, what do you think? What do you think? All right. So we've got all of those topics. Hit your hand icon. Raise your hand. Did you see um, the Lamar Jackson story, the quarterback out of the uh, Baltimore Ravens? Said he wants to end all speculation about his future or lack thereof in Baltimore. Right now, I guess Jackson and his representative have not really uh, had a lot of talks as for an extension. All right. Who knows? All right. He put out on social media. I love my Ravens. I don't know who the hell putting that false narrative out that I'm having thoughts about leaving. Stop trying to read my mind. There you go. The uh, general manager of the Baltimore Ravens said, we'll pay him when he's ready. Actually, that's the owner, Steve Biscotti. I'm sorry, not the general manager. The uh, general manager, there's Eric DaCosta. And he said that we'll pay him when he's ready. There you go. All right, let's get the calls rolling here. We start off this open forum Wednesday, and we're going to check in with uh, Eli. Hello, Eli. How are you today? Hey, Grant. Good. How are you doing? Good, buddy. What's happening? Good. Can you hear me? I sure can. Awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you about the NBA draft lottery. So am I right? In in years past, it was just the worst team got the number one pick and so on. Was that how it used to work? A long time ago. You'd have to go back all the way to the 80s before that happened. Oh, okay. So how long ago did they change it to the current confusing format? Uh, They changed the odds, I want to say, three years ago. Don't hold me to that exactly, but they changed the odds to the way they are now about, I want to say, three seasons ago. They revamped the whole damn system, which I I hate. It used to be if you had the worst record in the league, you had a 25% chance of getting the number one pick. Now it's only 14%. Oh, I see. Yeah, I remember that now. So so they made it more yep. confusing by design, maybe just so there could be no tanking strategy or just no strategy at all. Correct. I see. That's correct. It makes under under this system, it makes no sense or little sense to tank because the, let's for, let well, let's just say the difference between having the worst record in the league and let's say being where Sacramento is is fourteen percent to nine percent. So if you're the worst team in the league, you have a 14. This is crazy, Eli. Listen to this. Here are your odds for the first four picks if you have the worst record in the league. 14%, 13.4, 12.7, 12%. So you have a less than 15% chance of getting one of the top four picks in the NBA draft if you have the worst record in the league. I don't. That doesn't make sense to me. 
Oh yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me either. Okay, so from uh, the Kings standpoint, there's really you can't really have a strategy now as far as winning or losing necessarily because it's just the minimal difference, right? The difference right now between where they are and Portland, six and seven, is one and a half percent for the first pick, one point four percent difference in the second pick, one point three in the third pick, and one point one in the fourth pick. It's minimal. I'll still like the more odds, but it's it's minimal. Okay. Yes, you're correct. Absolutely minimal. And then the Kings could not presently end up with the fifth pick. They could end up with the sixth. Their best percentage, believe it or not, would be to end up with the seventh pick. Hmm. I know. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Yeah, right. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it doesn't fine. make a whole lot of sense. For instance, like this is uh, this is really weird. Like if you're the Lakers, they're right now behind Sacramento and they're behind Portland. Their largest percentage, okay, is eighth and ninth. They have a 34.5% you get getting the eighth pick and a 34% chance of getting the ninth pick. So, you know, again, I've, I've never been a fan of the NBA lottery system. I, I've just, I'm not. Um, I, I know it is a made-for-TV event every year in May, and the NBA loves that. They make a big 30-minute production out of it. But, you know, if you play the whole year – if you're if you're at Detroit, if you're Houston, if you're Orlando, you know if you're Oklahoma City. Again, if these are legitimately bad bad teams, and you have less than a fifteen percent chance of getting the first round pick, is that really the best and most equitable fair way to run a draft in your league? I don't think it is. I really don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. I just I love the fact that the Lakers are struggling so much. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, most people do. I don't think they're going to get in. That uh, I'd be surprised if they're. And here's the other deal: if they get in and they're number ten, and they got to play number seven, Minnesota. I don't, I don't see them beating Minnesota. I really don't. I don't see that at yeah, all. I, I don't either. Um, hey, I got one more question for you. I think uh, this story is somewhat underrated. I don't really hear a lot of talk about it, but I've seen some headlines. That Phoenix Suns owner guy, the Robert yeah. Sarver, I think is his name. He's had some controversies. Yeah. I see, uh -huh. you know, toxic work environment and problematic comments and things like that. Big time. I, really hear, I, I honestly didn't even know about this until very recently. Like, I feel like the story's really slid under the radar. Do you know anything about this from your experience? Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, the NBA is doing a, a very lengthy, uh, arduous, ongoing investigation into what is happening in Phoenix and the allegations against Robert Sarver. That's why. It, it became newsworthy for a while uh, when, it first, when, when the accusations first came out. Uh, the NBA is doing a thorough investigation. I would think that investigation would be forthcoming in the very near future. Yeah, because yeah, it's definitely slid under the radar a lot more than Sterling or someone else, for example. So that was Sterling. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know, you yeah. know what's also interesting about Robert Sarver? He has a lot of people that have come out against him, but he also has, you know, a lot of also mm -hmm. very well-known basketball people that have come out uh, in his support. So, but you're right. This thing, the, 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 I want to say it was okay. almost a year ago. It was pretty much almost a year ago. It was like last April or May that the NBA opened the investigation uh, into racism, uh, misogyny, and other things that are going on in Phoenix, allegedly. Again, I don't know what's true, what's not true anymore than you do, but, you know, I, I, I believe. That excuse me, I will believe that you will have an investigation that's going to be wrapped up here in the in the very near future. I I, I would think a year 
is enough to have an investigation. Again, I'm, I'm just guessing. I would think I would also think the NBA would not want this to come out in the middle of the playoffs. So, you know, again, they may release the findings after the yeah. postseason. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you, and I guess you already answered it, if you had any inside knowledge on this based on, you know, you being in the basketball circles, obviously. No, okay. I, 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 I do not. What I do know is that when you have uh, accusations of racism, if there's any, any, any hint of racism in any way, shape, or form, you're done. That that much we do know. So, you know, the, 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 he will not, and again, I don't know what's true and what's not true, okay? So I, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm telling you, I, I don't really know what, uh, what allegations are true and not. I'm going to wait for the investigation. But again, uh, the reports did accuse him of racism, sexism, a hostile work environment. And by the way, Sarver has been extremely adamant and has denied uh, these allegations. All right. I mean, he really has, he's been very adamant. Of course, you know, I would think he would. Uh, I know when he, when, it, when this first came out, Eli Sarver came out with a statement said that he yeah. welcomes any investigation by the league to review and respond uh, to these false accusations. All right. Sarver, when his story came out, denied well, ever using. What's that? Uh, I just said I'm that sorry. What's that? Very interesting. If, can you hear me okay, Grant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. I was just going to say it'd be fascinating if they end up winning the championship and then something, you know, comes out afterwards. That would just be what a story that would be. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Uh, Sarver, when the story came out, he denied using the N-word, though he acknowledged using the word once in a conversation with a player. And then an assistant coach told him not to use the word, even when quoting someone else, said he apologized and hasn't used it since. Uh, quote, while there is so much that is inaccurate and misleading in this story that I hardly know where to begin, let me be clear. The N-word is not part of my vocabulary. I have never called anyone or any group of people the N-word or referred to anyone or any group of people by that word, either verbally or in writing. I don't use that word. It is abhorrent and ugly and uh, denigrating and against everything I believe in. That was the comment that he made uh, as far as that. So, you know, again, the, M the, the NBA is investigating We'll find out. You make a very good point. Could you imagine if they win the NBA championship and Adam Silver hands the trophy to Robert Sarver while the investigation is still going on? That would be wild. I guess nothing can surprise you anymore. No, these days, nothing right? does surprise me anymore in this world. That's you 100% correct about that. <laughs> hey, one last thing, Grant, and this is just a comment, but I was on YouTube the other day and I found the broadcast that you and Jerry did of a Pacers-Kings game back in 2001. I think it was when Chris Webber had yep. his 52 points. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if you yeah, obviously you remember the game, but it was one of those where I could actually get the broadcast of you and Jerry doing it. So it was awesome just, you know, going through it. Well, here's what I, here, here's what I remember. And correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't like talking about an individual accomplishment when the team loses. The Kings lost that game, did they not? Yeah. yeah, they did in overtime. So, like, you know, I'm not really that impressed with an individual accomplishment in a defeat. In other words, I'm not saying I'm not impressed, but the name of the game is to win, and the Kings lost. And I keep on hearing about Chris Weber's 52-point performance against the Pacers, and I really, I'm not that impressed by it, to be honest with you, you know, because it's a team game. It's not an individual game. And I would say that of anyone, in their individual accomplishments. I, I, and I understand where you're coming from and I'm glad that you did see it. I have not looked back at that uh, in a long time, but I, I think we are off the rails with what we judge in sports 
uh, I don't know, they lost. The Kings lost that game when they were very good, right? That was when the Kings were, uh, you know, an elite team in the NBA. And the Kings lost that game, right? They lost the game. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I get that. I was just, I enjoyed the broadcast. Yeah. And what what, what year did you say that? You, you said that was 2001? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'll go look it up. I'll go look back at it. 2001. Yeah, I just typed in Kings Pacers 2001 on, uh, right. I think I was looking at the, the game. I was trying to find the game the other day where there was the tip in the Kings and Pacers. So I found it unintentionally because I was looking for that game and then the 2001 game came up. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then, and then oh, it, wow. was you and Gra- it was interesting. you and Jerry. So I was like, oh, great. It's not even a national broadcast. It was one of the rare local ones you can find. Yeah. Here's the other deal. Um, the uh, And again, I... Here's something else I wasn't impressed about that game by Chris Weber. He took, I think, if remember, and you'll have to correct me here. I believe he took 47 shots in that game. If you take 47 shots, if you if you take 47 shots, okay, you better score 51 points or 52 or whatever he had. I think he had 51. If you take if you take 47 shots. You sure as hell better score 51 points. I just, I was not that impressed with it back then. And I, you know, when people bring it to my attention, I'm still not that impressed with it. You take, you lost the game and you took 47 shots. Now think about that for a minute, Eli, 47 shots. Should we, and I, and this is good. I'm glad you brought this up. do, Do people think that 47 you know, 51 points. I'm looking it up right now. All right. I've just brought it up while I'm talking to you. All right. Here are the numbers. Ready? He took 47 shots. He missed 23. Yep. All right. He uh, Think about that. Mm. So, I don't know. I, I'm not that impressed yeah. scoring 51 points on 47 shots. I'm just not. Yeah, and he didn't make the big shot in crunch time either. So, you know. Nope. There's that. Well, listen, yeah. people are going to say that I'm I'm saying this because I'm bitter towards Chris. I'm, I'm not bitter towards Chris uh, any more than anyone else that I, uh, you know, make comments about. I do it because it's the truth. Chris never, or excuse me, rarely, rarely, rarely came up big in crunch time. And that was true almost every playoff series that he had. He was not a crunch time player. If you go back and look at the history when Peja and Bibby and Vladi and those and Bobby Jackson they all were much bigger, especially Bibby and Bobby Jackson, m- much bigger in crunch time than Chris Weber. Chris was not a guy that came through in the biggest of moments. He just wasn't. He, 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 he just, it was his MO in his entire career. He was not a big game player. Just wasn't. Just game wasn't. Seven in uh, 2004 against the Timberwolves, right? Yeah, uh, well, he was, in all fairness to Chris, you know, he was coming off his microfracture surgery, you know, that year, and he wasn't himself. But, you know, listen, how, how about the te- technical foul at home in game seven against the Lakers with, what, five and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter? He gets a technical foul. The game goes to overtime. I mean, you know, stupid things, you know, just little things. Oh, well, fair. so, you know, again, I, I announced every one of his games in Sacramento. I was courtside for every one of his playoff games with a microphone in front of me announcing. And there was not one time. And I used to say this on the radio. There was not one time. There was not one playoff series in his career in Sacramento 
where at the end of the series, you said, wow, Chris Webber was great in this playoff series. Not one series. You can go back. You know, they're all available. Go back and watch them all. And you can say that not one time. He had good series, but he didn't have great series. And when the Kings lost series, you could point to Chris Webber and go, gee, Chris wasn't the player that he was during the regular season. It just was how he was. He was not a big game. He was not a big moment player. Never was in his entire career. Not at Michigan, not in the NBA, not in Golden State, not in Washington, not in Sacramento. Just the way it is. Hmm. Interesting. I never even considered that, but that's, yeah, you're right. That's too bad. He, I'm telling you, I again, I went back. I, I didn't have to go back because I remember vividly talking about this almost every playoff series on my radio show. And listen, Eli, a lot of people don't remember this. We used to talk about this. I had a, My show was three hours back then. We used to talk about this for three hours every single day on my radio show. Chris Weber was the topic of my radio show every day for three hours during the playoffs. And the vast majority of fans would call up and agree with me. Chris got pissed at me, you know, thought I was being negative. I'm like, no, I'm not being negative. I'm just, you know, doing my job. And it was the truth, though. It was the truth. He, he just was not a big game player. And he was not, he never played in the playoffs like he did during the regular season. He just didn't. Yeah, well, that makes more sense then as far as that history of, uh, you know, him getting upset, so. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, he got upset at me for the, he got upset at me for the phone call when I called him out for his uh, embarrassing uh, commentary on TNT. You know, not he wasn't the only one on TNT. I made that very clear. Uh, Reggie Miller was embarrassing. Cheryl Miller had an embarrassing night. You know, but Chris with his jersey hanging up above the rafters, having the story completely wrong, doing zero homework uh, was inexcusable. It's just it was one of the, in my opinion, one of his worst moments in his broadcasting career. It's terrible. Absolutely awful. But of course, it wasn't his fault. You know, he turned around yep. and blamed it on me like it was my fault that he went on the air and didn't have the information correct. You know, it's never his fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Oh, yeah. I listened to it on YouTube. I think it speaks for itself. So, yep. Eli, listen, you have a great evening. Thank you very much for the call. It's always good chatting with you. Thanks, Grant. Talk to you later. All right. It's very true about Chris. Got to be one of the Worst stars in big games. There's there's others, by the way. I mean, trust me, there are others. But absolutely amazing. All right, if you want to uh, get in on the program, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we'll do that. You know, again, I'm not, it, I'm not, it doesn't blow me away when someone scores 51 points on 47 shots. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. You better, you better score 51 points or 52, whatever the hell it was. I think it was 51. Uh, you better, you know, you better. 51 points, 26 rebounds on 47 shots. There you go. Eh. You think that's impressive? Taking 47 shots and scoring 51 points? I don't. I don't. All right. Again, if you want to come on the program, you can raise your hand, hit the hand icon, uh, and we'll do it. I've always been about efficiency when I look at stats, especially in the NBA. 
you know, efficient scoring. I, I've always loved that. I, I just, I've always looked at those numbers. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking at. Good job there by Eli to bring that up. Good job by him. Yep. That was January 5th, 2001. 51 points, 26 rebounds. There you go. You know, I'm th- people always ask me what's the greatest individual performance I've ever seen. It was Clay Thompson, who scored 37 points. Okay? Think about that. 37 points in the third quarter. Right? 37-point quarter. Doesn't really get better than that, does it? He had 52 points in that game. And I've actually gone back and looked at that quarter. Because when it's going on, you know, you're not really aware that you're in the middle of watching an incredible record. In other words, you're caught up and then you realize when you go to a commercial break, oh my God, this is the most unbelievable thing that I'm seeing here. By the way, if you want to talk about efficiency, now this is efficiency, okay? In that quarter, Clay Thompson was 13 for 13, nine three-pointers. Now that's, <laughs> that's efficient, right? Okay? How about that for you? 37 points, 13 of 13 from the floor, 9 of 9 on three-pointers. There is a zone, and there is a zone, okay? That is a zone. That's when you know you got it going on. Now, when you talk about efficiency, okay? You want to talk about efficiency? That's efficient. That was incredible. Oh, you also want to talk about Chris Webber taking 47 shots to score 51 points? Clay Thompson took 25 shots. He scored 52 points. Now that is efficiency, okay? That's efficiency. That's if you're keeping score at home, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you call and a hell of a performance. Jerry, you're next on Listen Up. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Grant. How are you, sir? Good, buddy. What's up? Hey, I uh, got a question for you. Uh, do you think the 49ers would have been better trading Jimmy Garoppolo last year and just giving the keys to Trey Lance, uh, to maybe just to get something better? No, I do not. I, I believe that you owe it to everyone in your locker room to go out and put the best players on the field when you have a good team and you need to put the best quarterback on the field when you have a team that is ready to win. By the way, uh, breaking news, Bucks coach Bruce Arians is going to retire and move into the front office. So he's done. He's retiring as coach of the Bucks and is moving into the front office. But go ahead, Jerry, to follow up on what you're asking. No, I, 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 I don't believe that Trey Lance was ready to play last year. Okay, well, Grant, let me ask you this then. Um, 
Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo uh, waited to have surgery late uh, just to spite the 49ers, knowing that they want him? No, no, absolutely not. Um, It was a group decision with his doctors. They felt that they needed to try rest to avoid surgery. That's not that uncommon with professional athletes. If a doctor feels that this might be taken care of without going under the knife, most athletes will choose that route. Uh, They waited for a period of time, realized that that was not going to work, and then they decided on surgery. Because the reason why I'm saying that is he's still going to be fine by training camp. So the the decision that they made made a lot of sense. It wasn't going to cost them playing in the fall. They were going to wait and see if rest would take care of the problem and rehab and therapy, and it did not. And then they subsequently decided to have surgery. Do you think there's going to be a controversy uh, at um, quarterback to start the season? Yeah, if he's on the roster, yes, I do. I absolutely do. Yes. It will be the exact same thing as last year. If Garoppolo starts, you know, as soon as he has his first bad game, everyone's going to be calling for Lance, Lance, Lance. But if Garoppolo is on the team in week one, do I think there will be a controversy? 100%. And I'll tell you why. I think the vast majority of players in that locker room want Garoppolo to still be the quarterback. That doesn't mean they don't feel that Lance can be good, but I think that based on what I'm hearing, you know, we all know that Garoppolo is a beloved figure in that locker room, and based on how he performed last year and where the Niners went, I think to a man, the players on that locker room probably feel their best chance of winning right now is with Garoppolo, a quarterback. That's that's the what I'm the vibe I'm getting out of the 49ers. Would you consider a uh, 49ers season next year if they don't reach the NFC Championship game, a disappointing season? Yes, I would. I would. I would, especially now with Russell Wilson out of the division, uh, with the Rams now probably in all likelihood going to have a Super Bowl hangover. Um, Yes, I would. Um, I think right now, again, you have a unsettling situation in Green Bay without Devontae Adams. I think that's going to hurt them significantly. You have Brady going back to uh, Tampa. But to me, San Francisco has all of the makings to be as good as anyone in the NFC. But I don't know if they're going to get there. I've already said they're not going to get there. I said if uh, Trey Lance is your starting quarterback week one, in my opinion, I'm going to I'm on record as saying I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And Grant, one more thing for uh, you said that you had some uh, news for us in the next couple of weeks um, about what's going to be happening for you that are, are big things. Do you have anything? To yeah. Nope, not yet. Uh, it might it might even be more than a couple of weeks, but um, we're working on something. And uh, as soon as I can get the information, I'll pass it along. It probably will not be before June, though. Okay. Okay, Grant. Love the show. I'm a, Thank you. I, yep. And I pre. And by the way, I may have misspoke if, if I, I I I misspoke if I said a couple of weeks. I should have. A couple of weeks could mean two weeks or three weeks. It's more than that. So if I did say that, and I'm, I'll take you that I did. I misspoke. I should have said maybe a month or two. All right. Okay. Thank you, Grant. Love the show. Thank you, Jerry. Take it easy. Bye-bye. All right. Again, if you want to come on the program today, again, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. So Bruce Arians, breaking news, is out as the head coach moving into the front office. How about that decision? Talking about a decision late in the process. He will be moving into the... uh, front office. All right, let's get you uh, caught up. 
get you caught up on some uh, scores of interest in the association. Again, the uh, Kings and and the Rockets have opened up an 11-point lead at the end of one. All right? And the other real big game in the league tonight is the Heat and the Celtics. All right? And that game right now is uh, the Celts on top. Two minutes left at the half, 49 uh, to uh, 44. All right. Again, I want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon. Raise your hand. Uh, we will put you uh, right on. The Pacers, by the way, are showing some life. They've come all the way back from a huge deficit, and they now are within three of the Nuggets. Two minutes left in the third. Obviously, Kings fans keeping an eye on that score as well, all right, because of the draft. But again, it's minimal in terms of the percent, as I've uh, illustrated a little bit earlier in the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Logan, I want to get you on. You got to hit your microphone little symbol there. And when you do, there you go. Thank you, Logan. You're on with Grant. How are you? Hey, Grant. How's it going? Good, Logan. What's going on today? Hey, I uh, just want to say a big fan of the show. First time listening live. Thank you. Um, Thank you, man. I appreciate that, Logan. Thanks very much. Um, I grew up in Sacramento. Um, you know, I was 10 years old last time the Kings made the playoffs. So it's been wow. a while. But... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has been a while. That's for damn sure. What can I do but, for you, buddy? First of all, thanks oh, for checking me out here on Listen App and spread the word to your friends. Yeah, I will. For sure. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, I think Monty um, has been drafting pretty well. I think that's um, in the previous, you know, we know the Kings drafts. Hasn't been too great. Um, but you look at Tyrese, you know, we flipped that, you know, ended up trading him. But with the 12th pick, you know, Tyrese was a gem. And then Davion, you know, he's right now, you know, showing out um, without Fox. But do you think that um, he'll be able to do it again this year um, if he gets a high pick? Or even, you know, if we end up 9 or 10, do you think we'll be able to get another guy that can yeah. change the game a little you know bit more? That- the Halliburton pick fell into his lap. I think every team in the league would have taken Halliburton at 12, but he still pick him. And, you know, he, he, uh, but the Mitchell pick was damn good, you know, to get him at what nine and look at how well he's playing in the first quarter tonight, you know, four of seven, eight points to assist. Uh, here's, here's a question for you, Logan. Mm-hmm. Would you, would you feel comfortable if the Kings moved the Aaron Fox this off season? Now I, I know that um, you don't know what they would get back in return, but assuming they're not going to give him away, if they would get back a nice package 
to go do you do you, because here here's the question logan do you feel De'Aaron fox and davion mitchell can play together is mitchell now showing that he's a starter in the nba or is he still a third guard coming off the bench those are all things the kings are going to have to decide in this offseason that, that's a really good question um i know you always say De'Aaron fox you know he hasn't improved his shooting the last five years and that's that's very true. And it's like you've said in previous podcasts, it's hard to win with a guard that can't shoot. Um, but looking at the same time, you know, I think the Kings wanted to move De'Aaron up the deadline, but I think his contract was really what hurt. Um, I think there'd have to be, you know, a perfect situation that that we could find somebody. Um, it's just hard. <laughs> I don't know. It is I, hard. I love I love De'Aaron, but you know the, how he he was playing great with with uh, De, with Sabonis as well. So I mean, if he could keep that play up all year, and I think we'd have to see, you know, by, if by the trade deadline next year he's not playing like he was the second half of the year, you have to you have to trade him. You know, right. Assuming that there's anyone out there that's going to take that salary, you know, as you said, he's got a four year or five year deal at 163 million. He's he I don't know how many general managers are going to take that kind of salary on for a guy that can't shoot very well, assuming that his shot does not improve. That's a real big issue. Here's the other issue I see with Fox. You know, once again, a lot of injuries. He's going to only end up playing 59 games this year out of 82. That's not good. Yeah. I think that um, I don't know. I think the Kings. I think if the Kings could draft a decent small forward in the draft this year and try to move Harrison Barnes and maybe Rashawn as well, yeah, um, that could be that. That would be the only ideal situation where I, I think we would need to keep Fox because um, I think Davion. I think he's a future starter in this league at point guard. Um, I think he has the potential to. And if the Kings, if they get an offer, you know, from somebody from a disgruntled, you know, mid-level star, you know, the Kings aren't going to get, you know, a, a big-time star like Dame Lillard in a trade for De'Aaron or something, you know. But if we could add, like, another third star, you know, with Sabonis and Davion, I could see the Kings moving on from Fox. But if he is playing, like, you know, averaging 28-5-5, and five, like, he, you know, those few games sure. after the trade, I think, you know, we should keep him, which he was showing improved shooting, but, you know, it's been five years and yeah. there's been, you know, to me, shoot, you know, all players go through sh uh, streaks where they'll shoot well, even bad shooters, you know, it's about yeah. consistency and he's just been so inconsistent with a shot through five years, but um, I, you make some great points. Everything you said is spot on. I really can't counter anything you said. I think your analysis is right on the money. Thank you. I, um, I played at Lincoln high school in Lincoln. And I also played at American River, so. Um, oh wow, good for you. Yes. Yeah, I, um, I I love Lincoln. I love Lincoln. Yeah. Nice little small town. I actually, you know, I love Cotavadera out there. Where I go golfing all the time. But I I I do make it out to Lincoln quite often. And then where'd you go to school? Did you say? Um, After Lincoln, where'd you go? American River College. I played two years. Oh okay. There. Good yeah. for you, man. Good for you. Awesome. Well, Logan, listen. Uh, really appreciate you finding me here on the app. Good luck to you and call again. Okay. Yeah, I will. Thank you. Thank you. All right, take care. Good stuff right there. That's you know I could, you know after listening to him talk, now I understand he's got a good basketball acumen. He's spot on in what he said. Absolutely. Uh, Kings are losing to the Rockets, uh, forty-five to thirty-one. So you know the Kings open up the road trip with two wins at Indiana, at Orlando, got blown out against Miami, and now have two games 
against the Rockets. And again, they're down uh, 45-32, uh, two minutes gone by uh, in the second quarter. If you want to come on the program, open forum Wednesday. You can talk about uh, anything you want. What a crazy week this has been, huh? Seriously. Started with the Academy Awards on Sunday. And just like, you know, you ask yourself, what's next? What's next? Here we are on Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night on the East Coast, Wednesday afternoon, and you're like, wow, we're not even, we're at, we're at the halfway through the week, and it's already been, you know, a crazy, crazy week, right? It really has. And I talked about this, you know, on Listen App earlier this week. I talked about this on my podcast, the stuff that we're dealing with here in this country. It's amazing. All right. We are going to move on and say hello to Forrest. Forrest, been a while. How are you, sir? I am good. Granted, you are doing well. I uh, hear your rants every day on YouTube. Thank you. How are you? You doing uh, well? Doing well, and it's open good. forum Wednesday, so I'd, I'd like to talk about my dog. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not really. Um, a couple of things. I, did you read the article, uh, the response with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No, I didn't. What did I miss? Oh boy, he uh, he put it eloquently. He he did. He, you know, uh, Kareem is a very uh, socially active uh, black man, and he's he's just uh, pretty amazing. But he's getting a lot of pushback. Um, and it, I just you got to read the article. It's it, it's not it's not too long. It's uh, what's it up? What what what's what's the reference of the article? What's it about? Uh, he's basically saying that he's that. Um, Will Smith's actions set back black men um, because of him feeling the need to stand up for his wife and that women don't need men to stand up for them to be complete. And that it was not a good look. And that he, you know, that um, like, uh, I don't know if you saw that Jade, uh, Jaden, Will Smith's son, he posted on Twitter, I guess, after the events and just said, basically, that's how we roll kind of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did see that. Let me read the uh, I did. Bro- I just brought it up. This is the main quote from uh, what Kareem said, quote, with a single pe- with a single petulant blow. He advocated violence, diminished women, insulted the entertainment industry and perpetuated stereotypes about the black community. I think Kareem sometimes needs to, uh, like, you know, take a step back. And uh, I think he goes overboard a lot on this stuff. That's my opinion. I think he goes overboard. I'm reading this for the first time. He gets the patronizing paternal attitude, uh, uh, you know, what is it? Infantilizes women. I don't know what the hell that word means. Reduces them to helpless. uh, You know what? I'm going to stop right there. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. You know, well, well, you know, the the thing that I respect about Kareem is that it's well thought out and and he is he's not taking an aggressive approach. It's an observation. And with that kind of, um, you know, dialogue, you know, you could probably have a discussion with him. This this dialogue that most people want to get into is is hate and fight. And you're stupid. You're an idiot uh, for thinking that, you know, we're with Kareem and I think his viewpoints. You, you could go back and forth and you could have an adult conversation. And at the end, you'd shake hands and go, okay, we agree to disagree. That's what I appreciate I, about it. You know, I, again, I'm, I'm speaking from my perspective. You and I are the same generation, same race. I, I don't look at this in any way, shape or form 
with anything to do with race. I, I didn't sit there and go, wow, that's two black men. I never thought about that. It didn't it didn't perpetuate any feelings that I have about violence among black people. Um, it never entered my mind. I don't I, I, I don't see that at all. I just don't. I do not yeah. see this being about race. I know a lot of people are making it about race. Why does everything have to be about race all the time? You know, it happened to be two black individuals. You know, if it had been one white individual and one black individual, then well, what would the narrative been if a white actor had gotten up and done that to Chris Rock? We'd have a completely different narrative in this country. What would have happened if we had a black individual get up and do that to a white person? Again, a completely different narrative. But because it's two black men, all of a sudden it's about race this, race that. I'm sorry, I don't buy that. I'm, there's no one that's going to convince me of that. It's just it's just the way it is. It happened to be a black man against a black man. That's it. And I don't understand why we got to make such a big deal of it being two black men. I don't understand that. I really don't. Yeah, I agree too. And it's one of the first persons to approach him was, was Bradley Cooper. And he, he was, you know, putting his arms around him and, you know, just trying to calm him down in the situation. But, you know, the, the, the sad thing is that that's, this is one of the byproducts of, uh, you know, Jada, um, I don't know if you know about her background, you know, with two. Yes, I do. Yeah, yes. exactly. And her coming out and she's got her own talk show and she's very open about this stuff and about their marriage. And uh, I think uh, Will Smith has been emasculated a little bit with, you know, what is she has said and their open marriage. And I think all of that went into that whole that whole situation, that whole moment of him exploding and kind of mentally melting down. Um, and felt like that he was, you know, it was just piling on and he just couldn't take it. And then he saw his wife. She wasn't happy. He was laughing, but she wasn't happy. So, I, you know, there's a lot of things and it's just not from point A to point B of what happened at that moment. I'm sure there's a lot of background in, in what, you know, caused him to, to go up there and do that. You know, uh, there's so many viewpoints on what happened Sunday night and it's very rare that I read any commentary on social media or what you brought up without race being involved. I mean, and it's just everything is about race now in this country. We can't have anything happen at any time without identifying what race was the individual. And then everything that is subsequent to that is based on the color of someone's skin. I, I you know, we're, we're not making any progress in this country. <laughs> We're, we're, we're not. We're not making any progress in this country when it comes to race. We're just not. I'm sorry. We're actually getting worse and worse and worse because you have an incident like Sunday night that happened to be with two black individuals. And all it is is about race, 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 race. It can't be just the fact that one individual had a problem with another individual, lost his cool, lost his composure, got up and had an act of violence. No, it has to be, gee, let's break down their religion, their ethnicity, their, where they, I mean, it's absurd. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, then, yeah, in the same vein, the, the sexuality, everything is what sexual, what's your sexual orientation? It's like, oh yes. my God, please. No, it doesn't matter. I'm not forcing my, you don't know what sexuality I am. Why does it have to be, why do I have to put it on a survey? What do you, you orientate don't. as? I don't care. 
Well, I would think most people would not care about your sexual orientation or anyone else's. Here's what I care about. I've always said this. Are you a good person? I've never met you before. You sound like a really good person. I enjoy I enjoy talking with you. I'd be lying if I said I knew the book of, of Forrest. I don't. But just in communicating with you, you sound like a really good ethical guy, a, a very well-educated. And to me, you sound like a good person. I don't give a damn what your religion is, your sexuality. I don't care what your skin color is. That's how I judge people. Why is it so difficult to judge people on whether they're good people or not well you know listen there are there are bad people in every race there are bad white people bad black people bad age i mean we can go on and on it's common sense you're either good or you're not in my book that's how i break it down yeah and exactly can't you stand as an individual stand on your own morality and your own viewpoints without uh, thrusting this other stuff in there i uh, the only other point that i wanted to bring up was that you know i was listening to uh, sirius xm and uh, they were talking about all of the uh, sports, uh, you know, how uh, Major League Baseball is now going to be on Apple TV. And I was just on a personal note to everybody listening in the room here and listen app and as you as well. How many different apps do you have that you subscribe to? I'm just curious uh, oh. to, to get your sports fix. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, to be honest with you, not as many as you would think, which you're going to find very surprising. I watch most of my sports right in my uh, home, with the exception of the NFL. I do have the uh, I do watch the NFL on my phone because I, I w- I've always traveled a lot for my living. And whether I was on the airplane or on the bus on the way to the airport or whatever, I would watch the NFL on my phone. So I did have an app for that. Uh, here's the other, here, here's the other app I have. I have, I have the masters app on my phone before the network coverage comes on of the masters. I will watch the masters app and I will watch a lot of the action at amen corner. And so that's another app I have on my phone that's sports related. Other than that, that's- you'll be surprised. I don't, I don't think I have any other apps on my phone that are sports related other than those two. You you pay do you pay for the Yahoo app or the uh, the Masters app? Nope. No, the Masters app is free. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay, yep. I didn't know. And it's uh, and up. it's 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 phenomenal. You can choose five or six different. You can follow the lead group. You can follow all the action at Amen Corner. Uh, it's great. Their app is phenomenal. Wow. Oh, the Masters yeah. app is great. It's great. Check it out. It's free, and uh, it's I I use it every year at the Masters. It's great. How about now baseball? Now, are you, have you got a you got a favorite team that you nope. can follow, or you? 
Well, I'm a Yankee fan. Uh, I've really become disenchanted with baseball for us the last couple of years. I'm not a fan of the way the game is played. I'm not a fan of the duration of the games. I'm not a fan of the ball not being in play. I'm not a fan of all the strikeouts. I'm not a fan of all the pitching changes. Baseball is kind of really – I've taken – of all the sports – uh, I'm least interested and in, I follow baseball the least now just because of the way the game is played. How about you? Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way with all sports, even the NBA. Uh, football is the only uh, the only game that I'll sit down and watch um, with, a, you know, supreme focus and watch it from kickoff to, uh, you know, the total game. Basketball, I'll drop in on the fourth quarter, kind of watch the score on, on my phone. And then if it sounds, if it looks interesting, then I'll tune into the TV and then baseball. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. It's uh, I'll go to the event because of the event. I'll go to the Dodger games and Dodger stadium is a beautiful event and, you know, four or five times a year, but to sit down and watch pitch by pitch. Oh my gosh. It's, it's just, oh, I don't have the patience for it. So and baseball doesn't seem to really care. So why should I care? Um, you know, they're all about the, the chicks dig the long ball, as they say. So yep. I'll just wait for the three run homer and then I'll go back and watch the replay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Hey, uh, you have a great evening. Okay, thank, thank you very you, much. Brian. All right. Take care. All right. Good stuff from Forrest. Always love hearing from him. <laughs> he always has very enlightening uh, phone calls. Really enjoy that. All right. Let's get to uh, some more calls right here. On Listen Up, glad that you are joining me. When you come on and I put you up on stage, all you got to do is hit that microphone symbol, and uh, we will do that for you. It's that simple, just like everyone else. Sally's trying to come on, and uh, all you have to do is hit that mic icon wherever it is on your device. The little green light will go on, and then we will be able to uh, chat. Um, but again, the, the, the narrative after what happened at the Academy Awards on Sunday has been such a turnoff to me. That's why I haven't even read, I didn't even read the Kareem piece. I probably should, but I just, I just, I'm so tired of everything having to do with race all the time. I really am. You're never, ever going to get to a better future if you keep on living in the past. Sally, I'm going to put you back in the audience and then we can do it again, all right? You can just figure it out. It will take a second for you. I know this is the first time I believe you're calling, so uh, we'll be patient with you. And you just, you know, hit that hand icon, and then you hit the other symbol, which kind of looks like a a smiley face, for a, for a lack of a better term, almost. But it's a microphone, all right? And you hit that, uh, and uh, we will put you on. All right, in the meantime, we're going to go to uh, another caller, and we're going to say hello to Brian. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm well, Grant. Yeah, it's unfortunate that every single event in society, sports, the Academy Awards, everything is just politicized now. And yep. it, it's quite obvious more and more people are just getting sick of it. The ratings sh show that the 80% of us in the middle are, are just done with it. You know, the news, mainstream media, you know, everything's extremes and it's an awful precedent. And, and, you know, my first thought when I heard about what happened on the replay with Will Smith is, you know, when I was a kid, I used to love watching the Academy Awards and movies and all that stuff. It's just mind-blowing to me that the mindset that he can thinks he can go on.
Brian, I'm putting you back in audience. I just, you, you, I'm, we're gonna, we need to get a better signal. You're coming in and out, all right? I would love to hear you. So hopefully we can get you back on in a minute. We can try it again, but you had a bad connection. So we'll do it again and uh, see if we can get you back on. All right, let's do it right now, and then we'll get to Sally after that. All right, Brian, we'll try you again. How are you? Let's go. Hey, Grant, I'm sorry. Where did I cut off? You're good now. Oh, okay, I'm not sure where I cut off. I'm, I don't want to repeat what I was saying. Well, I think I got the gist of what you were saying. I mean, everything is politicized. You were talking about as you, when you were younger, you used to watch the Academy oh, Awards yeah. all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's they, just beyond, you know, even before race is brought up or whatever, just a human being going on stage on an award show and striking another individual is just mind blowing to me. Like, like Will Smith walking up and striking Chris Rock is like, I had to replay it. Is this, is this fake? Is this real? It's just unbelievable to me that that happened to begin with. You know, there's been a lot of reaction about why Will Smith was not removed, why this and that. And I think the reason is, and I, my own is that everyone in attendance didn't know if it was staged or it really was true. In other words, I, I think that's why nobody, and I'm talking about security or anybody else, I don't. I think that most people are like, wait, wait a minute. Is this staged? Was this an act? We are talking about a great, great actor, or did this really happen? I think it took a while for people to realize what they watched, what they saw, and whether it actually happened or not. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I've listened to some, and I've actually gone back and forth because it was so uh, mind blowing that I had to go back and question: Is this a staged? Even even. The, you know, the conspiracy theory of this was all staged to, you know, beef up ratings and all that. I don't believe that myself after what I've read and, you know, observed and read and everything like that. But, but yeah, it's just so uh, far-fetched that I get it, you know, live. It's like, what is going on? So, anyhow, just my two cents on that. Okay. Again. Great, man. Great. Take care. Yeah, go ahead. I, go ahead. Oh, you yeah. got time. Uh, oh, yeah. On a lighter topic. I am uh, on the NBA. I just hate this new NBA format of the playing playing games for you know the the top ten seeds. I like it so much better when the top eight just made it and you didn't deal with any of this. If you're not one of the top eight teams, then frankly you don't deserve to be in. Amen. I'm with you 100. percent Be good, Brian. Have a good evening. Okay. You take yeah. care. Yep. All right. Good stuff right there. All right. Let's uh, move along here on Listen App and. Uh, See if we can get to uh, Sally again. Sally, I'm going to put you up on stage. You're on stage right now in queue. You got to hit that microphone icon. There you go. How are you? You're on with Grant Napier. Thanks for calling Listen App. It's Hello. Sally Stainer. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Thank you for your patience and trying. It's great to have you on. What can we do for you, Sally? Well, thank you, Grant. I just want to say a couple things. One, we miss you in Sacramento. Thank you. You were great. <laughs> Thank and, you. I appreciate uh, your support. You're welcome. Um, as far as the Sacramento Kings, do you think we'll ever make the playoffs again? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, ever's a long time, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know what? It's going to happen at some point. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I'm. I'm as frustrated as everybody else with the uh, embarrassing season after season after season with this team. It doesn't ever seem like they're going in the right direction. And um, I don't think it's going to be next year, though. I'll tell you that. No. I don't think they'll be a yeah. top eight team next year. I really don't. I know, and 
I, I feel like the 49er fans back in the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 But and listen, then look at what, but then look what happened. Look at the 49ers and they turned, oh, they went from being a great franchise to really bad. And then they rebounded and now they're back up near the top again. They, that, that happens quickly in the NFL, not as much in the NBA, unless you get that one real special player. Right. Like Steph Curry for the Warriors. Yes, I mean, that's correct. They waited yep. forever too. Yes, and they the did. Great point. Yeah. About Will Smith. Uh, I One, the Academy, it came out today that the Academy tried to kick him out, but he wouldn't go. So what do you do? I mean, it was interesting. Yeah. I didn't even see that report. I, I, I actually read something yesterday about that they're actually considering taking away his Academy Award. I don't really know how to do that, but you're right. Um, Will Smith refused to leave the Oscars after the slap, according to the Academy. Good job on your part. I'm just seeing that right now. Uh, How about that? He refused to leave. How about that? Man. I mean, kick him out of the Academy, really. Yes. I mean, so defiant, you know. it. In this day and age, that should not be accepted. (laughs) You know, the Academy, I want to read this statement. Thank you for bringing it to my attention, Sally. Quote, things unfolded in a way we could not have anticipated. While we would like to clarify that Mr. Smith was asked to leave the ceremony and refused, we also recognize we could have handled the situation differently. Very interesting by the Academy. Yeah. And I have to say, Chris Rock was a class act. Oh boy, was he, he ever! It was amazing. I mean, he didn't strike back. He could have used his words and just slaughtered him, but he didn't. It was amazing. It was uh, one of the most amazing live performances that we've ever seen uh, in that situation by Chris Rock. What his composure and the way he handled it was—I mean, I, I think there are probably very few people on the planet that could have done what he did. Exactly, and he's going on a a nationwide tour and a world tour, you know, that'll be material. (laughs) Oh yes. No question about that. Absolutely. And the sales has gone up because of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Good marketing, huh? That's exactly right. Yes. Payback, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. No pun intended. (laughs) Yes, it is. Another thing I want to tell you is we met um, when Vlade and Peja had the camp in Folsom. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a way uh, at Folsom High School, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. They did that for a couple of years. That was great. Uh, I remember how hot it was because they always oh, did it yeah. normally, in them, right? And then, you know, they did a great job trying to keep the uh, gym uh, ventilated. But I remember walking from the car one time into the uh, uh, gym at Folsom High School. I thought I was going to melt uh, and end up on the asphalt. But Peja and Vladi, they had those camps for a couple of oh. years. They did a great job. They did a great job with that. He went the last year before Peja was traded, and they were just so gracious and nice. And by the way, you just talked to my son, Logan Stainer. Oh, I love (laughs) it. That's my son, yeah. Well, I'm impressed with his basketball knowledge, so that's great. Good, you're yeah. you're a good basketball family. That's great. Well, listen, he was Sally. Color at um, like six years old. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. That's good. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Call again. It's good hearing from okay. you. You take care. All right. Thanks for your support. Bye. All right. Bye bye. That's good stuff. That's why I love doing this show. I do. Really good. All right. Let's move along here. Listen up. And uh, we are going to uh, check in with Jerry. Hey, Jerry, how are you? 
Hey, Grant. Um, you know, that's one thing about Listen Up. Um, you know what? It's very easy now to, to get a hold of you. Uh, you know, when you did your show in Sacramento, you know what? We we're on hold for a long time. And you know what? I, yep. I love you. I love you on Listen Up. And, you know, Grant, the question I want to ask you is this. Um, do you think KHDK, do you think that they're, uh, uh, you know, just what they did to you, do you think they're like, you know what, maybe we were wrong, maybe we overreacted by doing this to, to Grant? I don't know. I don't want to speak for anybody at Bonneville. That would be for them to uh, answer. I mean, I am suing Bonneville, and uh, we'll see what they say during the lawsuit. I doubt that they would come out now. Uh, and admit anything considering that we are in legal action, but behind the scenes, I, I don't want to speak for anybody at Bonneville. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I think I know the answer to that, but I don't want to say it. How's that sound? Well, Grant, uh, we all, we all miss you here in, in Sacramento and, you know, wish you nothing but the best Grant. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thank you. I would tell you that the ratings would indicate that they probably regret it and the uh, programming on their radio station. But uh, again, that's their business. It's not my business. They made a decision. They fired me. And then I made a decision to sue them. So we'll see what happens. You know, the, the thing about Bonneville is the hypocrisy that just needs to be put out there. And I've done my best in trying to put it out there. You know, they, they proclaim themselves a certain way and then when you go to their leadership page, which you can Google, just put Bonneville Leadership Group. Just Google it if you haven't done that. Bonneville Leadership Group. Okay, Google that. Very simple. And then I want you to look at their leadership group. All right? I want you to look at it. All right? And, the, and then what do we say, right? Actions speak louder than words, correct? Actions speak louder than words. You portray yourself a certain way. And then I look at your leadership page and it's right there. All right. Go look. Go look. All right. Uh, really appreciate you and your phone calls today. All right. Really appreciate that. And again, just go look at uh, Bonneville International. Take you about a minute. All right. Leadership Bonneville International will be the first thing that comes up on your page. And you can look at the individuals that are part of their leadership. All right, and then, and then look at their market managers, all right? Look at their market managers in San Francisco, Denver, Sacramento, and Seattle, okay? Just spend 30 seconds. It's the first one that comes up, Bonneville International. Daryl Brown, president of Bonneville International, all right? Then you can look at Mike, Kent, Matthew, Jason, Scott, Beth, Scott, Val, Bob, Steve, and Kathy. Go look at go look at all of those pictures on Bonneville International's page. 
All right. Actions speak louder than words. My words are done for the day. Great having you on board. We're going to do it again tomorrow. Have yourself a great evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Grant Napier. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.